Amen. That's great. I appreciate that. And uh, I hope that is a desire for your heart and life, that the Lord would find you faithful. Amen. And uh, we don't know when the Lord's going to come, and, uh, but we know He is coming. And uh, that should be our desire. Lord, whenever you come, uh, may you find us faithful. Amen. Well, of course, this morning is uh, uh, January 1st. I hope somebody said Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, right? Uh, anybody not have anybody say Happy New Year to them yet? Anybody? All right, somebody turn next to you and say Happy New Year. Just turn right now and say Happy New Year to somebody. Okay, there we go. We want to make sure that everybody's been wished a Happy New Year. All right, that's great. Very good. Some of you are like, I don't have anybody sitting next to me. I'm sorry. Just read, listen, whisper to the person in front of you, Happy New Year. And they'll be like, who's sitting behind me? <laughs> no, it's great. And we're glad that you're here this morning. And uh, some of you may have uh, stayed up late last night to welcome in the new year. And uh, some of you may have been wise and gone to bed early. Um, but uh, we, had, uh, we even made sure this morning we had a little bit of coffee for folks that, uh, just to make sure that they need a little bit to, to stay awake. But uh, we're so glad that you're here. And what a great way to begin the year uh, in the house of God. And uh, as I was thinking about what to preach, you know, around the beginning of the year, it's always hard for me to, to know what to preach. Uh, because I'm so excited about Vision Sunday, I, I want to get to Vision Sunday. But it's not Vision Sunday yet. And, uh, and so it's like, all right, what, what can I preach uh, at the beginning of the year to be an encouragement to folks, but yet not get into what I want to do for the whole year, right? And uh, it's, always, it's always really tough for me to do that at the beginning of the year. Uh, you'd be like, well, just open the Bible and preach. Well, that's, that's a good suggestion, but, um, but it is. It's, I, I don't know. Right after Christmas and before our Vision Sunday, those are really the, uh, I would say, the, the couple of weeks that are hardest for me to know uh, what to preach because you've just come off of the Christmas season and everything about Christmas, and then uh, I'm gearing up for Vision Sunday and, and the message for that and revealing the theme and uh, getting planned, you know, messages trying to plan for the year to be able to preach and stuff, and then I've got these two or three weeks right in between that. It's like I can't start a series because I've only got like two weeks, so I can't do this whole two-month series or anything like that. And so, but I, I don't like to just preach uh, a lot of topical messages and things. And so it's like, what do I do? And uh, and so I was thinking about uh, you know, especially this year with it being January first on Sunday and beginning in the house of God and things. And of course, January first is always that that time of year where everybody says, this is the time that I'm really going to do it this year, right? Uh, whatever the resolutions I've made in the past and I failed two weeks after I made them last year, right? This year is going to be different, right? This is the year that uh, I'm going to uh, lose that weight. This is the year that I'm, I'm going to eat healthy. This is the year I'm going to get that new job or the new car. This is the year that it's going to happen, right? And uh, we get all excited about the new year and that it's a new beginning and everything. And that's great. Uh, it's always great to have a, a time when we can say, okay, hey, we're going to start fresh. We're going to start off, and this is going to be the, the beginning point. And uh, so often we use that at the beginning of the year. And so as I was just thinking about it and praying about it, um, I just felt like preaching on beginnings. Preaching on beginnings. And uh, what, what, what is a beginning for a Christian? How, how do Christians look at, at beginnings? And uh, as I was, I was just kind of praying about it and thinking about it, um, the Lord really just kind of led me to, to two verses to kind of start us off here, and that is Genesis chapter 1. And, uh, and so this morning, we're going to preach through the entire book of the Bible, so I hope you're here for about 7 hours and 45 minutes or so. We have coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but in Genesis chapter 1, I think 
most people, I would say, are familiar with this verse, right? It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning. Did it ever occur to you when we think about this verse, in the beginning, that God does not have a beginning? God does not have a beginning. So when he says in the beginning, what is he referring to? He's not talking about the beginning of God. He's not talking about himself. He's talking about the beginning of time is what we would know it. And guess what we find in the beginning of time as we know it? We find God. We find God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What about John chapter 1? John chapter 1. Very similar to Genesis chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Of course, we know in John chapter 1, this is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, because later on in verse number 14, he says that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We know that's referring to Jesus Christ. And so even John says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus Christ did not have a beginning. So many times we think about Jesus Christ having a beginning in Bethlehem and in the manger. No, 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 no. That's not where Jesus Christ began. Jesus Christ has no beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That same verse that we saw in Genesis chapter 1 when it says, in the beginning God created, that, that's, that's referring to the same thing that we're seeing in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, all of them have no beginning. But yet, when we think of the beginning of time, we see that God is there. And so when we think of beginnings, every beginning in our life ought to begin with God. Every beginning ought to begin with God. What a great, what a great day to begin the year, worshiping God. I hope, I hope this morning, maybe even before you came, uh, you took time to read through some scripture this morning, to read the Bible, have some devotions, pray and things, and, and just prepare your heart because every beginning must begin with God. There is no substitute for a Christian than beginning with God. No substitute. Everything must begin with God. You think about this, when you became a Christian, you began a new life in Jesus Christ. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse number 17, Paul tells, the, tells us, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So Paul says, look, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you began a new life, and that new life began with God. It begins with Jesus Christ. Every beginning in our life ought to begin with God. Every beginning. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul tells us in verse number 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at that verse very quickly in Philippians because I want you to think about what he's saying here. In Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. Think about what he says. 
being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. You say, when does that good work begin? That good work begins in you the day that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You see, there might be somebody here this morning that you went through all of 2022 and you went through 2021 and you made it through 2020 and whatever age you might be, but you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Oh, your, your life has been maybe okay or maybe it's not been okay, but, but you've been going through life and maybe you've just thought that there's no need in your life for Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I've got a job. I've got a family. I've got a car. I've got a career. I've got some things. I've got retirement, whatever. I, I don't need Jesus. Friend, there's nothing more that, that you do need than Jesus. There's nothing more that you need than Jesus. And this is what he says, that he ha- that hath begun a good work. Now think about this, and I, 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 I want to be careful. I'm not trying to offend you this morning if you don't know Christ as your Savior, but here's the thing. You can't have a good work until you begin with Jesus. Nothing good is really going to come and happen from your life until you first begin with Jesus. You say, well, I've got a good job and and, and I've got a good family or I've got all these different things. So wait a minute. He says, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you, Jesus Christ is the only one that can truly begin that good work. You see, when we think about goodness, we think of our family or our career or whatever. We compare that to what everybody else is doing. My family is okay because they're not like that family down the street. You have that family down the street? You know, they're not like those people. You know, my, hey, my, my career is good. My job is good because, uh, you know, I'm not like that guy at work. I'm not like that lady at work. But wait a minute. You know, the Bible tells us that without Jesus Christ, there is none good. No, not one. It doesn't matter what we think we're doing is good. God says there's no one that is good. Because we're just trying to compare ourselves to everybody else. But when you compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is absolutely perfect, when you compare yourself to a holy and a righteous God, friend, do you know what you find? You're not good. You're not good. But you know what's amazing about that? Even though God sees us and he sees that we're not good and God sees us that we don't have anything to offer to him and God sees us in our sinful state and sees that we are separated from him, God says, hey, even though you have nothing for me, even though you have nothing to offer it, even though you're a sinner, you know what? I still love you. And I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And if you'll accept him, not, not if you'll be religious, that's not what he said. Not if you'll get baptized, not if you join a church. No, 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 that's not what he said. He said, if you'll accept my son, Jesus Christ, he'll begin something good in you. Something good like you can't imagine what good is. He that hath begun a good work in you. Has Jesus begun a good work in you? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Friend, if you don't, that's the most important decision you can make this year. Why not on January 1st of 2023 make that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Say, well, I'll wait till later on in the year. No, no, don't wait. Begin with God. Begin with God. Think about it, Christian. What is he saying? 
being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, look, he's begun a good work in you. Man, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, man, that, that good work began. He said, you're my child, and now I have this purpose, I have this plan for your life. But he says, he will perform it. In other words, it's not just the, the good thing that happened that, you, that day you accepted Christ as your Savior. No, he says, he has a whole good life plan for you. He has everything about your life. It's good, and, and he has a purpose and a plan for you if you're willing to follow him and trust him. He says, we must begin with God. What ought to begin with God for a Christian? May I say, if you're a Christian here this morning, your marriage ought to begin with God. Your marriage ought to begin with God. Your marriage ought to be focused on Jesus Christ and drawing closer to him and helping your spouse to draw closer to him. Husbands, it ought to be a great desire in your heart to help your wife to draw closer to Jesus Christ. You say, well, she's her own person. Yes, she is her own person, but you are the head of the house. God has given you the responsibility of leading your home spiritually. And your greatest desire ought to see your wife come closer to Jesus Christ. Wives, it ought to be your desire to see your husbands come closer to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's got something good for you. And as long as you're drawing closer to him and your marriage and and you're beginning with God and you're you're moving forward with God, man, I'm telling you something, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. You look look at what the world has to offer marriage and it's not good. It's not good. And what's sad is that that's even creeping into the church nowadays. God has something better for you. In your marriage, you say, well, I've been married for 70 years. Well, praise the Lord for that. I'd like to talk to you after the service because I, I need some advice. You've been married 70 years. I need you to give me some secrets. My wife is saying, amen. Where is she? <laughs> oh, there she is. Yeah, she's like, amen. Give him some secrets. So I've only been married for six months. You need to begin with God. I've been married for 50 years. You need to begin with God. It doesn't matter where you're at in your marriage. You need to begin with God. Is God first and foremost in your marriage? Or is he just an afterthought? What about your family? Your family ought to begin with God. Parents, if you have children, God has given you the responsibility of leading and guiding your children. They ought to be able to see that you love the Lord Jesus Christ. They ought to be able to see that your lives begin with God and this family is going to begin with God. They ought to know that, hey, mom and dad love the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, parents, God bless you. You, That's what an awesome thing that on, on, on Christmas Day, many of you were here in church with your families on New Year's Day when, hey, I know half the world stayed up late and partied and did all kinds of things that they're going to be regretting that they did last night. But we can come to church and say, hey, praise God that I didn't do anything foolish like that. And I brought my family to the house of God and I, I love them and I want them to love the Lord. Praise God for that. Your family needs to begin with God. But that begins with mom and dad. Mom and dad, you need to have that right relationship with God so that your children can see that. Your day ought to begin with God. I love what the psalmist says, early in the morning will I seek thee. I'm going to be very honest with you. I am not a morning person. I hate the morning. (laughs) When that alarm goes off, I want to throw it out the window. I am not a morning person. 
but I know that I need to get up in the morning because my day is going to get so busy that if I don't spend that time with the Lord Jesus Christ, my day is going to get so busy that I might miss it. You say, well, I'm just not a morning person either. That's just not the time that I, I can concentrate. That's not the time that I can think, that's fine, I understand that. If mornings aren't good for you, find some other time. But make sure you don't get so busy that you forget. Make sure you don't get so busy and so uh, consumed throughout the day that with everything going on with the family and the kids and work and everything like that, you just don't spend time at all with God. See, that's why I think it's important that we ought to begin with God. If you begin with God, you're not going to forget it later on. Begin your day with God. Hey, take that, take that Bible reading schedule. Say, you know, I've never read through the Bible. I've never read through the Bible. You know, I'm going to try to do that this year. Great. Great. Get that Bible reading schedule back there. Go home this afternoon. Say, I, di- I didn't read my Bible this morning. Go home this afternoon. Turn the football game off. No, nobody, it doesn't matter who wins or loses anyway, right? I mean, tell me who won on, uh, in January of t- 1975. Nobody knows. Nobody cares, right? It doesn't really matter. But can I tell you this? Your life matters to God. Your life does. And the time you spend with God does. Take that Bible reading schedule. Say, hey, I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to begin my day with God. Read through it. Begin your day with God. Spend time in prayer. Talk to God. What about your job? Do you begin your job with God? You say, well, God's for church and God's for home. God's not for my job. Oh, friend, you've made a big mistake. You see, everything for a Christian ought to begin with God. Your job ought to be your job because you know that's where God wants you to be. You say, no, my job is just there so I can make money to provide for my family. No, no, your job is there to provide for your family so that you can serve God as a family. Your job isn't there just to be able to make money and take care of your family. No, no. The purpose of your job is to help you so that you can serve the Lord together as a family. So many times as Christians, we get it, we get it all mixed up. We think the job is, that's separate from the things of God. The job isn't spiritual. The job doesn't have anything to do with God. That's my family or that's the church. No, 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 my friend. Why does God have you where he has you? Why does he have you at that job? Why does, you have, why does he have you right next to that person that gets on your nerves day after day after day? because he wants you to be a testimony to him. That might be the person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, and God wants you to be that witness to him. You say, well, you don't know what kind of person it is. I don't, but I'm glad it's you and not me. (laughs) Your job. Begin with God. Say, Lord, how can I I serve you today in my job? Lord, give give me an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus. Say, well, I'm not allowed to talk to people about Jesus. Well, pray that God will let them bring the conversation up. Pray that God would just let them talk about it. And then, hey, hey, I didn't bring it up. They did. So here we go. Your job. You're there for a purpose. Not just to make money so that you can have things. You're there to be able to provide for your family so you can serve the Lord together. Your job. Begin with God. Your friends. Begin with God. Make sure your friends are friends that are going to help you to follow the Lord. Man, there's, there's so many things that we could talk about here. But everything that we, under, we have to understand, everything as a Christian must begin with God. In the beginning, God. Make sure that God is in the beginning with everything that you do. Begin with God. May I say, secondly, 
not only should a Christian begin with God, but may I say beginnings can begin at any time. Beginnings can begin at any time. I love this. Go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. Really, really interesting passage here. Exodus chapter 12. Notice with me in verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. So think about where they're at. They're in Egypt. They've been in Egypt for 400 years, right? So they've been for 400 years. You, you've have, you have all of this history that has transpired. You have Adam all the way to the flood. And now after the flood, Noah and his sons, and then Abraham. And God calls Abraham and out of the earth of the Chaldees. And he's going to make a great people of, uh, uh, through Abraham and his descendants. And then they go down into Egypt. They've been there for 400 years. And, and now there's probably uh, a million or so Israelites there. And, and God's heard their cry and he's going to deliver them out of Egypt, right? And watch what happens. What happens here, right? And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, watch verse number two, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Wait, what, Lord? This month, he said. The month that we're already in? Yep. This month will be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. What does God say? God said, hey, I'm going to tell you something, Moses, from right now. This, this is the beginning right here. But Lord, we're already in the middle of the year. It doesn't matter. This is the beginning. Isn't that great? God can begin at any time. Beginnings can begin at any time. Now, I know we're at January 1st, right? I understand that. But, but this, is, this is what's amazing. Um, it, it's the beginning of the year, but, but maybe, maybe you're in the middle of your spiritual life. Maybe you've been saved for a little bit of time and, and, and maybe you've just been struggling spiritually and you just haven't done. Maybe, maybe you haven't began with God. Maybe you haven't put God first in your family or in your marriage or in your home or, or at your job or whatever it might be. Hey, you know what? Begin today. Begin right now. Say, hey, right now, I know I've, I've already been a Christian for some time, but I'm going to begin today. I know time has passed and I know things haven't gone well in the, in the past, but you know what? Today is when I'm going to begin. This is going to be a new beginning for me. God said, Moses, I want you to know something. I know you're in the middle of the year and I'm not sure what time of year it was, but he said this month, I want you to know this month is going to be the beginning of the months. This day is the first day of the month of the year for you. You're going to begin right now. This is it. They had already been there for 400 years. God said, don't worry about that. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. This month shall be into you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Last year can't be changed. So why not start today? You say, man, I, I started last year and I, I started and, and I got a couple months in and then I kind of all fell apart. It's okay. Guess what? We all fall apart. Every one of us falls apart sometime. You know what you need today? Start today. Start today. Beginnings can begin at any time. Don't wait. But, well, you know, if, if I can just get everything, if I can just get everything right. Um, if you're waiting until you're ready or until you think that it's the perfect timing, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life because it's never going to be the perfect timing. You're never going to be ready. Don't wait for that. Just start now. You see, beginnings can begin at any time. 
this month. Was this the first month of the year? No. But God said he was beginning something new, and so this would be the beginning. Don't think you have to wait for a new year or a new month or a new week or a new job or whatever it is you might be thinking. Just begin right now. Say, Lord, you know what? I can't change last year. I can't change the past. And Lord, maybe I'm kind of in the middle of something and and I've really messed it up. And you know what? Why don't you start today? Why don't you look to the Lord and say, God, I've blown it. I've really blown it, God. But with your help, I'm going to start today. This is going to be the beginning. What's in the past, I can't change that. Can't do anything about it. But Lord, I'm going to start fresh today. I love that beginnings can begin at any time with God. Today can be that beginning. Begin with God. Begin when God tells you to begin. But notice the third thing here. Beginnings aren't where you see fruit. Beginnings aren't where you see the fruit. I want you to turn to the book of Job with me. The book of Job. If you're going to do the uh, chronological Bible reading that we're doing this year as a church, you'll find that after, I think, it's, is it after the, I, think I said the fourth, the fourth day, you're going to start the book of Job. You say, why am I starting Job in the middle of Genesis? Well, because we believe that Job is the oldest book. Uh, it doesn't contain the oldest chronological events, but it's the oldest book of the Bible, the oldest book that was written. Um, and, and that's why you're going to be reading through the book of Job in the middle of Genesis, right? Um, and you'll learn more about that as you go along. But I want you to notice Job. I think we're, we're pretty familiar with maybe what happened in the life of Job. Um, Satan comes and he says, you know, I, I, I'm trying to destroy somebody's life and I've been going up, up and down throughout the whole earth seeking whom I can destroy. And God says, well, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan says, well, yeah, but I can't touch him because your hand is on him. You're, you're protecting him. And so God says, all right, I'll, I'll take my hand of protection off of, off of all of his, his livelihood, right? And so Satan goes and he tries to, he destroys his, his livelihood, all of his sheep and his camels and, and goats and all that kind of stuff. He destroys him and, and, God, and Job doesn't, he doesn't turn against God. He still follows God. And Satan comes back and he says, well, you're still protecting him, God, and that's why he's not, he's not turning against you. He says, all right, you can, you can touch his family. And, and Satan kills, he, he, he kills Job's uh, children, and he comes to the point where his wife even says, just curse God and die. That's an encouragement, huh? <laughs> just curse God and die. And Job doesn't. He doesn't curse God. Well, then he's got these really wonderful, super amazing friends that come and they just want to lift Job up. (laughs) If you know much about the story of Job, you know that that's not quite what happened. Instead of being encouragement, they begin to turn against Job and say, Job, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. But when we get to the end of Job, in Job chapter 42, I want you to look in verse number 12. I want you to watch this. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. More than his beginning. Do you understand that beginnings aren't where you see fruit? You see, what happens is on day one, we say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it today, right? This is the day I'm going to do it. And, and we do it for a day or we do it for two days and we're like, nothing has changed. And if nothing hasn't changed in two days, well, then just, I'm just going to forget it. 
wait a minute, what? aren't you kind of a little, you're kind of expecting something that's not really real. That's, that's kind of an unrealistic expectation. You, you, don't, you don't plant a tree and just expect it in two days to start bearing fruit. No, you, you understand there's going to be some time to wait. You have to be patient. You have to let it grow. And then even when it grows, it's still not going to start bearing fruit right away. You've got to wait for it to start uh, germinating, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it could be years before something bears fruit. But for some reason, when we're, we're dealing with God, we say, all right, God, I'll give you today. All right, I'll give you the first week. God, I'll give you the first month. But if I don't see anything in the first month, then I'm done. Well, wait a second. Beginnings aren't where you see the fruit. That's not where you see the fruit. You know where fruit comes is when you're faithful. Fruit comes is when you're steadfast. Fruit comes when you endure. God says that Job was blessed more by God at the end than at the beginning. Why? Because that's where you see the fruit come. And there are so many Christians that don't see fruit because they give up too quick on God. God, you haven't met my timetable. God, you haven't done it when I want you to do it. So I'm done. Hey, wait a minute. God doesn't work on your timetable, friend. God doesn't work on your timetable. Remember he said, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God says, look, this is my plan, not yours. This is the plan that I have for your life. You need to get on on my timetable. You need to start trusting me. You need to start following me and let me lead your life. Let me direct your life. Let me take control. Instead of you thinking you know what's best. Then when we say, God, I'm just going to trust you. And I may not understand what's going to happen. And I don't know why I'm going through maybe this hardship right now. But God, I know you're still God. And I know you're still good. And I'm going to trust you. God says, you just be faithful. You endure. You keep going. And wait and see the blessings that God has for you as you keep going down that road. Because fruit doesn't come at the beginning. Fruit comes the more you're faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was at the end that God blessed Job more than his beginning. It's really interesting, though. This was actually prophesied. It was prophesied by one of those uh, friends, if we could say. If you go back to Job chapter number 8, if you go back to Job chapter 8, it's interesting what his friend Bildad says. By the way, I'm very thankful that we don't name our children some of these Bible names. <laughs> Bildad. That's a great name. Bildad the Shuhite. In Genesis, in Job chapter 8, watch what he says here. This is, this is Bildad, and he's, again, he's trying to uh, basically say, Job, this is all your fault. In, jo- in uh, Job chapter 8, notice in verse number 6, If thou wert pure... And upright, surely now he would take away for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Wait a minute. What did we just read in Job chapter 42? His beginning was small and God blessed him more at the end than at the beginning. Why? What did, what did Bill that say? What he said was actually true. He said, if thou were pure and upright, surely who would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteous He said, look, Job, if you were really trusting God, if you were really pure, if you were really righteous, if you were really enduring and trusting God, this is what God would do. 
God says, by the way, Bildad, you're absolutely right. And because Job endured, and because Job just didn't give up and say, God, I don't understand. In fact, when you read what Job said, Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's not our prayer, is it? Our prayer is the Lord giveth, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, blessed be the name of the Lord. Here's another blessing, blessed be the name of the Lord. Here's a blessing, blessed be the name of the Lord. And when trouble comes, God, why, why don't you love me anymore? Why don't you care about me anymore? Wait a minute, friend. When, when does becoming a child of God mean that everything is going to go perfect in your life? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything is just going to go smooth sailing. There are going to be difficulties. There are going to be trials. There are going to be problems that come. And God is saying, hey, I want to know, are you going to trust me? Are you going to endure? Are you going to be faithful? Because that's where the real blessings begin to come. When you're faithful and when you're enduring, that's where you see the blessing of God. It's not at the beginning. It's as you're faithful. This is why so many Christians miss out on the blessing of God. A month or two in, I just can't do this anymore. I just don't see God doing anything. I'm still, I'm still going through the same problem, still going through the same thing. If God really cared about me, he would have fixed this a long time ago. Wait, friend, you're going to tell me that God doesn't care about you when he gave his son to die for you? You're going to tell me that God doesn't care about you, that he has a home in heaven prepared for you? You're going to tell me that God doesn't care about you, that he's going to send his son to come back and get you again and take you to heaven? You're going to tell me that God doesn't care about you? Oh, I think he does. We've just started to listen to self a little too long. We've started to listen to the lies of the devil. God doesn't care about you. If he really did, you wouldn't have this problem. Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says in all this, Job sinned not. Neither charge God foolishly. He was faithful. He endured. He just kept going, even through the most difficult time. Friend, I guarantee you, there's nothing that you have gone through that Job went through. Nothing compared to what Job has gone through. And Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And God said that he blessed Job at the end greater than at the beginning because he was faithful. Because the beginning isn't where you see fruit. Are you going to be faithful? Look, I'm not talking about, you know, hey, we're going to make resolutions, you know, hey, I'm going to exercise every day. That's a great resolution to make. I'm going to lose this much weight. That's a great resolution to make. You know, they say that almost 95% of people that make those resolutions don't do them. After about the first two or three months, those resolutions are way long gone. And then you know what we say? Well, next year, next year, I'm really going to do it. We've been saying next year for like 20 years now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about beginning with God. Begin with God in every aspect of your life. Begin with God. You say, well, I just don't, I've, I've messed up in the past. All right. Beginnings can begin at any time. So let God begin something good in your life today. And you be faithful. You endure. You keep going. Is it going to be tough? Sure. It's going to be tough. Let me ask you a question. Has it always been a piece of cake at your job? Hello? 
Has it always been a piece of cake at your job? Are you still there? It's funny how we'll quit on God, but we won't quit our job. We'll move on to another job, but we'll just quit on God completely. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Begin with God. Right now, today. Say, God, I'm going to begin with you today. And I'm going to be faithful because I know that fruit is going to come. It may not come this month. It may not come in February. It may not, it may not be till next January that you begin to see that fruit. But God, I'm just going to be faithful. And I'm going to keep going because I know that fruit doesn't come at the beginning. It comes later on down the road. The more faithful I am to you. I'm going to do something a little bit different in just a moment. In just a moment, I'm going to ask as many as I would, as would like. You don't, you're not forced to do this. And of course, if you don't have, uh, if you're physically not able, I totally understand that as well. Hold on. Don't, don't pack up on me yet. I'm not done. I'm still talking. I've still got at least another six hours to go. We, ju- we just got through Genesis, right? I know. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to make a decision today. Say, what's the purpose of this message for you to make a decision? That's the whole purpose of preaching. You're not here just to hear me talk. Because I guarantee you could hear somebody talk a whole lot better. The reason why we're here today is to make a decision on what we're going to do about what God has spoken to our heart about. That's why we're here. God, you've spoken, and now what am I going to do about it? Am I going to begin with God? Even though I might be in the middle of my spiritual life, God, I know you can begin something new today. God, I'm asking you to do that. God, I want want to be faithful this year to you, God. I want to be like Job. And I know there's going to be difficult times, but God, I just want to be, I just want to endure. I just want to be faithful. And so in just a moment, if you're able, and if you would like, I'm going to ask for you to make a decision. And I'm going to ask you to come to this altar and down in front here. And I'm going to ask you to pray and make a decision. But before I do that, maybe there's somebody here today. You've never begun with God. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. Friend, the most important decision you can make is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do about being religious. You say, I've been religious all my life. Friend, that's, that's good, but that's not going to get you to heaven. You say, well, I've been baptized. That's good, but all you did was get wet. Well, I, I've tried to keep the Ten Commandments. That's good, but I know you failed because we all have. I've tried to be a good person. That's fine, friend, but you're not as good as God. And maybe there's somebody here this morning and maybe for the first time you've realized that you need Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. Friend, Jesus Christ is the only one who can do that. I can't do it. This church can't do it. Your family can't do it. Your friends can't do it. Jesus is the only one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For just a moment, could we have our heads bowed? No one looking about. No one looking about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Friend, if you're here today and that's you, and you say, Pastor, I I thought religion could get me to heaven. I thought a religious ritual, maybe like baptism or keeping the commandments, could get me to heaven. 
I thought being a good person could get me to heaven. But I understand that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save me from my sins. You say, Pastor, I'd like to know more about that. I'd like to know how I can begin with God, how he can begin that good work in my life. That's what I want. Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure where I'd go if I died. But I'd like to know that I would be with Jesus. No one's looking about. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. A friend, if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. In my heart, I know it's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I would like to pray for you this morning. If that's you this morning, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? That's all I'm asking. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died where I would go. I'm not sure. Just slip it up and put it right back down. Nobody else is looking about. Pastor, would you pray for me? That's all I'm asking you to do, friend. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, God bless you. You can put your hand down. Someone else, say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm not sure if I'm saved. Friend, if you're serious and you truly want to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we'd love to take the Word of God and show you how to be saved. If you really mean that and you want to know that, would you be willing to stand up right now and walk to the back and we'll have somebody talk with you? If you really meant that, if you raised your hand and you said, that's me, I'm not sure. If you'd like to know how to be saved, would you just, right now, nobody else is looking around, nobody else is watching. Would you just stand to your feet and walk to the back and we'll have somebody talk with you, show you how you can be saved. You can talk with us after the service. We'd love to share with you from the Word of God how you can know Jesus as your Savior. You can raise your heads now and open your eyes. And this is what I'd like to ask everybody else to do. Some of you might say, well, I'm a visitor here. I don't know if I should do this. That's totally up to you. Uh, just because you're a visitor, if you know Christ, it's, hey, you're, you're part of the body of Christ. God spoke to your heart just maybe as he spoke to everybody else's heart. But in just a moment, I'm going to ask the piano player to play. And here's what I'd like for you to do. As we begin this new year, we want to begin with God, especially as a church. We want our church to begin with God. We want to say, God, this year we want it to be used for your honor and for your glory. Whatever you do at this church, whatever you do on this property or whatever it is, God, we want you to be glorified through it all. There might be some in your life this morning, God spoke into your heart, and maybe God's saying, hey, today is going to be the beginning. Yes, I began a good work in you, but you've kind of got away. You've kind of got astray a little bit, but today is going to be that new beginning. I'm going to begin that good work in you today, and you know God's speaking to your heart about it. Or maybe you've said, you know what? I've just gotten tired of serving God. I just haven't seen the fruit that I want to see. It's been a little tough, and I've kind of stopped. Then why don't today you make that commitment like Job did and said, blessed be the name of the Lord. God, I just want to be faithful. I want to to just endure and keep going until you call me home. So whatever it might be, I want us to stand to our feet. The piano is going to start playing. I'd like to ask you to come and just pray. Say, God, I want this church. This year, we're going to begin with God. In my life, in my family, in my marriage, with my children, at my job, whatever I mean, God, I want to begin with you. This is the beginning. 
If the altar gets full here, just right there in the aisle or right there in your chair, whatever. But if God spoke to your heart, now's the time to respond. Respond right now. Say, God, you've spoken, and I need to be obedient. If nothing else, would you pray that God would use our church this year to be a witness and a testimony for Jesus Christ to folks in this community?